Listening to the Cannabis Hangout. Two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with the community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while, while we, we break, break it all down. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Saba. And I'm Brandon. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. Today's guest is someone I met through the industry years ago. A few months back, we ran back into one another. And of course, just as I remember, he was on the grind, as he always has been. He has his hands in a few different aspects of the cannabis industry, from processing to banking. We're super excited to dive in deeper with him. So guys, please welcome Walter to the Cannabis Hangout. Hey, everybody. Hi, Walter. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to sit down with us and share your knowledge and just your cannabis journey and everything in between oh man so <laughs> before we dive in walter will you please share with us the first time that you consumed cannabis and what that experience was like for oh, me from man. what you remember oh man this is such a corny story i love, uh, it. I love okay, corny stories so I, I grew up a dare kid right so mm -hmm. um you know uh i was always told that you smoke weed, you're going to do crack next. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that was a, a big fear tactic. So I was pretty relatively a good kid. Going, I mean, not <laughs> people who smoked weed were right. bad, but, uh, you know, I was playing sports. That was my goal, uh, trying to get up out of the mud. And, uh, yeah, I, I graduated college. My first job, my roommate was uh, working at the at the processing center. And I was like, man, give me, give me a big boy job. Yeah. Get me a big boy job and I'll smoke with you. <laughs> and he was like, he goes, bet. All right, uh, great. So we we lit up. We're playing Call of Duty or so something. So you're, you're like in that. college right now, right? Uh, I just graduated. You just graduated. So like, I'm college. like 22, 23. So you're a little older. Yeah. That's so, a, that was about my time. Yeah. Like it was after yeah. college, whenever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we're rare. Yeah. We are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, we got the job and. Uh, we sparked up, man, and I threw up the first time I ever smoked. No way. I mean, it was like so, you know, I, uh, chronic head. Yeah. But, you know, it was so strong. I mean, how much did point. you smoke? It was like a little bitty, teeny bit. You know, I choked, I coughed, uh, went out back, threw up next to his dog's <laughs> doghouse, you know. <laughs> Uh, and Talks then, and, but but I, I, I love you know that was my very first time, and then there was a lot of time in between that and me consuming regularly, you know, yeah. because it was just. Uh, I didn't know people. It wasn't mm -hmm. my circle, right? So For I was sure. I was trying to play ball. I was trying to, you know, I had to pass drug tests. Mm -hmm. Was it basketball or football? Football. Okay. okay. Yeah. So where did you did you say where you grew up? So I'm from Shawnee. Okay. Uh, grew up on the you know uh, Sac and Fox Nation Indian Reservation. Okay. Uh, north of town. Uh, saw some terrible things. Yeah. Um, you know, just tried to be on the straight and narrow because. I didn't want that to become my mm -hmm. my reality, right? right? So I just wanted to be um, the best I could be as, just as far as the world, as I saw the world. And that led me to, you know, the path that I was on. The journey, how I got into the industry and what my how my mind changed, uh, you know, 
there's a lot of uh, people in my family that are sick, right? Mm-hmm. So you got cancer that's prevalent. And uh, the first time I heard about medicinal cannabis, mm-hmm. um, you know, was through RSO. Mm-hmm. And I had an aunt who uh, was dosing. And she had a, you know, she had a son-in-law who was living in Colorado, worked out, and she got better. And, uh, you know, at that point, my mind kind of changed. And, uh, you know, and then sometime it passed and the industry came and, you know, hopped in. So, yeah, yeah that was the first time I ever smoked, though. I threw up. <laughs> <laughs> I let everybody know cat's out of the bag. Cat is out of the bag. Yeah. I love to hear it. So yeah. do you remember what, like, I know you said you were a dare kid, but what was your perception of cannabis? Because for me personally, I was, I, <coughs> I grew up in the this dare era, but I'm not going to say I was like a but like a school assemblies, we always had the dare. No, hundred percent. And I was, I was so like, yeah, I was so against consuming cannabis. Like people that did that, I was like, ew, that's so gross. Like I remember, I had a very negative connotation of cannabis prior to me. This is a deep question. And so, what was your perception? Because even as a little kid, you know, this is a great question. So my mom smoked weed. Okay. And uh, at school, I was being told one thing. At home, it was different. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad, little, I mean, pull the pull the curtain all the way back. My dad used to run it. Um, and okay. He was uh, he was big time in Oklahoma City. My grandmother um, and them had a pool hall on Second Street. And uh, you know, my mom was pretty well kept ever since she was seventeen with my dad because he was the man. And so, uh, growing up. You know, it was always around. Um, I could always smell it when I walked in the house. Uh, I was just confused, mm-hmm. you know, because you go to school, do what the teachers say. Right. Did Maybe. your parents ever talk to you about it, or was it something they kind of, That's like, a great hid? Question. Yeah, no, my mom was, like, very <laughs> – I remember growing up, my mom would be laying on her king – you know, she was a single-parent household. Mm-hmm. She had a king-size bed. She was a queen, I guess. <laughs> yes, and, she was. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, and so she'd just be laid up underneath the pillow with a joint in her hand and an ashtray there, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, watching her stories or something and, yeah. smoke, and, and smoking. And so it wasn't um, – it was very normalized in your mm-hmm. household, but for you, it was like as a kid, it's like this, I was conflicted. this battle yeah. that yeah, school and everyone, you know, all the police officers, the good. Yeah, is what and then the TV. Yeah, but then everybody else, like your family is That's doing true. something different, but your family, like they're your blood, you're bred from them, and they wouldn't yeah. steer you wrong either. Everybody in my family smoked. Yeah. Every, every all up and down the roster. <laughs> okay, so you've been around it really yes. all your life. You yes. were just yeah. a bl- late bloomer to yeah, the time when you were true. ready for it. That's right. Yeah. And then when I was ready for it, I was really ready for yeah, it. Yeah, so, no, I hear you on that. When you yeah. consumed, do you like, only because you consumed a lot older, mm-hmm. were you like, after you consumed, did you have any sort of like epiphany that you were like, so this is like exactly what was... This is like the opposite oh, of what they were teaching me. You know, like, did, did it take you back to your childhood as to like kind of everything you've been through with your family and oh, stuff man, like that? She's you know, deep. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's I think, real. I, I think I think I had to grow. I had to grow through childhood trauma mm-hmm. to be ready. Yeah, for like sure. that's what I think my journey was about. Yeah. because like I, I, you know, there have been so many things that happened when I was a little kid that I could never make sense of, mm-hmm. and um, I if I would have consumed early I, I i wouldn't i wouldn't be who i am yeah it's like almost it was right for you to do it the way you did it like it yeah. was that was the time I, yeah. I had to be an older man yeah, yeah. i was a younger man yeah. uh 
the the path that everybody in my circle was on who was doing it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, unfortunately, and I hope you know this isn't any shade to anybody, but the people who were doing it when I was young, they they're not their lives are full of strife and struggle. Mm-hmm. And I don't think yeah. that's because of marijuana. I yeah. think that's more so of our environment and they're yeah. introduced to it that way. Mm-hmm. So yes. whatever safeguarded me from those perils. Yeah, are things that yeah. you know were meant for me so yeah. once it was meant for me you know it came in abundance it didn't miss you it's cool to hear you say that because i feel like that goes so much to like first of all being a kid and having that discipline and mm. like being aware is very is is not often I feel like found because mm. it, it's so easy to succumb to your environment especially That's if really. everyone around you is doing it yes. And it's like you've gone all the way through adulthood now because in your 20s, you've hit adulthood and mm-hmm. like that was your first time consuming it. And it's cool to hear how aware you were throughout even your teenage years because boys are rambunctious and that oh, is that real. that is just and they're not afraid to try and take take risks versus girls are a little bit more like, you know, we watch the boundaries a little bit. We're yeah. a little bit more mindful of things like yeah. that. So the fact that you were aware enough, yeah. even even like you say the word trauma, like even being aware in your trauma and mindful of that and so intentional with your consumption yeah. I think that's really cool and also I feel Appreciate like that. that probably yeah. helped you set set you up for like where you are now because I'm sure your consumption is so intentional and it's not just like oh, I'm just gonna get super stoned because like I yeah, like to get super real. stoned there's yeah. days where I'm like I just want to get really high no, no. and just chill I like to get back for sure yes but uh. it, it's all I feel like with, it's just with a little like the intentionality is just always yeah. in the back of your head. That's yeah, something sure. that will never really go away. Well, it's for my purpose. I mean, a couple of things. You asked uh, how my family presented it. My mom always told me if I ever wanted to try it, I could smoke it with her. It was just yeah. such an awkward thing between mm-hmm. her and I that I never felt comfortable. Like, yeah, but she like, felt like she needed to tell you that so yeah. you wouldn't go elsewhere for yeah, it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. That's yeah, that's extremely true. Yeah. Um, and then to what you're saying, uh, just to be aware, um, yeah, I think that, that played a big part in who I am um, and how I consume. Now it's completely intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's times where, you know, it's the weekend and I'm letting loose. Or, yeah, you know. for sure. Um, but really, uh, you know, I, I banged heads uh, on the football field for like 20 years, mm-hmm. right? And so every day when I wake up, I got some sort of ache or yeah. pain. Mm-hmm. And cannabis really helps me um, not be irritated. Yeah, I'll just tell you. Yeah, like, I get it. Just it. Helps me I get not it. Be irritated and walk into rooms and you know snap at everybody. Um, I was coached hard. I'm a championship athlete. Mm-hmm. I like the thing. I like things done the way that I like them done. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, I can sometimes have a very uh, unpleasant. That's attitude. so funny. You're saying that because I'm sitting here looking at you and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like you seem like such a gentle giant. That's like because every of time, cannabis. yeah, every time I ran into you, you're so gentle and soft, and I'm like, okay, yeah. you feel safe, man. Oh well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's two sides to all of it, and, mm-hmm. and leadership is tough, man. People don't yeah. realize the the um, the mental anguish that goes mm-hmm. into uh, being a leader. And then being able to wake up every day and do it again. So, yeah, you know, yeah. cannabis allows me to just be myself mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, be completely present in the moment, be able to make decisions when I need to versus complaining and, you know, not going about my day. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, That's awesome. so 
what kind of we all have like something we like to munch on after we mm. consume or smoke <laughs> like do you have one thing that is your go-to or that like your mind is on when you're like feeling baked and oh, hungry man. i bet so if you love me <laughs> <laughs> comma <laughs> Uh, ice cream is the way to your boy's heart. Okay, I, what I flavor? Just, uh, cookies and cream. Every day. Oh, hey, me too, Walter. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cookies and cream all day, every day. I love it. Um, I do, you know, really now I go to the uh, the frozen custard. Rusty, yeah. Rusty, shout out Rusty's downtown Norman. Okay. Um, they got the best frozen custard. So that's that's my treat now. But nice. yeah, if, if you really love me, cookies and cream. Life. All right. Good to know. <laughs> Blue, uh, Bluebell. 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 <laughs> Oklahoma, <laughs> baby. Hey, that's right. Yes. That's, that's right. That's right. That's so, a great question. <laughs> of course. We have to ask. Yeah, we have to know. If you're ever in the Oklahoma City area, check out Chill Dispensary at 22 Northeast 10th Street. They're good people with hand-washed, single-source, live rosin, flour, pre-rolls, and other solventless products. So go show them some love and enjoy a chill experience. Now, back to the episode. So as a patient first, when you personally go shopping for cannabis, what do you look for? Or like what's... What and what's your preferred way of consuming cannabis? Like, what's important to okay, you? Okay, so I'll answer preferred way pretty clean. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like uh, solventless rosin. Same. Um, <laughs> I use a Puffco, uh, nice. the original, uh, because it, it's a champ. Um, it does also have a backup iSpire d- d- dab device that <clears throat> is really nice. Um, flour to switch it up because uh, my tolerance allows for me to switch to flour and get that same effect yes kind of like a balance of it 100 percent. i feel that um but uh, as far as what i buy it's gonna be tough Uh, golden trends baby yeah we'll jump into golden trends too no no, i'll uh i'll tell you um to me just because i've had so many different experiences Mm -hmm. uh, in in the cannabis industry i've been in a couple different states okay um you know to me packaging and presentation and retail merchandising, right? So being able to case pack your things in such a way that when it gets to the store, the store has an ability to merchandise that automatically and it saves time, um, uh, check-in time, and then it it presents better in a a case if you have that kind of situation. So I look for brands that are intentional to that, and then, you know, I'll try them. And then it's quality. I mean, there's some people who are starting who don't have, you know, they're just putting stickers on bags or whatever like that. So, you know, I always check out the Um, Mm up-and-comers. You know, if they're at a a strong price point and, you know, the packaging might be off, I'm going to try them for sure. That's cool Uh, that you are, you have an eye for packaging and you're drawn towards that because I feel like people with good packaging also sometimes have, you know, quality on their mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's an intention. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. It's an intention. Um, the companies that I've been with, uh, you know, again, no nothing at anybody, but the ones that focus on packaging are very intentional in processes yeah. and quality. So, yes, this is true. Yeah. Do you have a favorite memory that sticks out with cannabis? Like maybe a moment in your life, a concert, a trip you've been on, like something oh, that really stands out that like you're like, Something that you'll take with you for the rest of your life. Yes. Uh, so Pharrell and uh, NERD were playing at um, uh, Canes in what? Tulsa. And like I said, we what just. What year was it? This was 08. Damn. Yeah. Oh, you'll never see that again. No, ever. Oh, at no. the At the price point, you saw it too. Pharrell. Yeah, Chad, like, Pharrell just, you know, jamming. Hanging out. Yeah. So, oh, no, no. Price point? No. So we got free tickets 
for being students at TU because they were trying to drive people. So we didn't nice. know. And so, yeah, we got bloated. <laughs> went to Canes and was, you know, NERD. It was tight. That's tight. And mm-hmm. you know, it's cool because, like, I've seen Pharrell. So I saw Pharrell um, when he came to Posty Fest mm-hmm. the year before COVID. And um, it was cool because in that moment, like, he played, he, he was on probably like about an hour, but yeah. he went through all of the songs he's ever produced. Man. And like it was, it was like stuff that obviously he hasn't even like sang, His but this like is thick. so yeah. thick. And it was crazy. But even just to see him on stage, I was like, this is a very rare moment that I will take with me forever because this is an artist that doesn't perform like this very often. Mm-hmm. And to find like, to find Pharrell in concert is like a private low key or like a small, yeah, like, like venue type thing. I feel like it's not it, especially now. It's not going to be like a see him in a big, big arena as I like. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that makes what I just told you even dope. even better. Yeah. She's I mean, this so is just so much life to, to my life. Like she's bringing so much. Well, welcome to, to the cannabis hey, hangout, I'm Walter. Like, that is pretty dope. What I did. Yeah, it's fucking cool. It's I, good to reflect. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's it cool. really is. Yeah. yeah. yeah great so, question. Walter, in your own words, will you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Man, so. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a hardworking kid from Shawnee, Oklahoma, who uh, was fortunate enough to have enduring people uh, see potential in me first, um, and from that, I was able to accomplish a lot of the things that I've ever set out to do. Uh, before I got into cannabis, um, I've lived a couple of lives. I was a college football coach. Um, wow, responsible for going in and recruiting young boys and uh, convincing their mothers uh, and fathers that I was going to make them better men by the time they left. Um, Parlayed that into a a role with my tribe as a marketing director for the casino. Uh, It was Sack and Fox Nation Casino at the time. We did a big (laughs) rebrand project, renamed it to the Black Hawk Casino there in Shawnee. And parlayed that into a sales career into tribal relations. Wow. So uh, that's really where I cut my teeth into sales. Um, I was traveling around the country, you know, building relationships with um, tribal chair people, mm-hmm. and chiefs, and um, the enterprise executives mm-hmm. uh, who were running their, you know, the, the gaming facilities and things like that. So um, came very natural, worked on my own sales processes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very redundant task person uh, only because I played championship athletics and mm-hmm. there's a lot of discipline know, stuff discipline, you learn yeah, that makes like you that. be the man you are that's like right. you were telling those kids mothers <laughs> that's right because yeah. I know what it takes to win you do uh-huh. um, I've seen it um you know I was a state champion in high school uh won some championships at the University of Tulsa okay and so um parlayed all of that into sales leadership once I got into <laughs> cannabis industry uh um, broke in with a company called Redbird. Um, we were at that time producing, I'm okay, thank uh, producing right at like 250 pounds uh, of sellable A grade nugs a month. Um, they wanted some Oklahoma City representation, mm-hmm. and uh, so they brought me on. And it was pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I wasn't traveling as much. And so, uh, yeah, I got into the industry. I was a patient already. I'd already built relationships with, like, store owners because I just, I'm a geek for business. Like, yeah. I love talking about small business with people. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I was able to, I think the first time, the first day, 
I started, I sold like 26 pounds. I was like, oh, this is nice. nice. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. literally does not surprise me one bit because that's how I met you was yeah. Redbird at the dispensary. That's right. That's and right. you were that great. The, that was the first time I ever met Saba. Yeah. yeah so, um, you know, it was it was kind of a process for me. They wanted to build some things out. They wanted to, you know, create a, a standard of excellence. And I was all about that. So I was able to get into sales leadership that way. Okay. And, uh yeah, and then just, you know, the journey in this industry to where I'm at with, uh, you know, the best uh, distillate company yeah. in the game. So That's cool. Yeah. It's cool how life's brought you so full circle because, uh, first of all, I love how involved with your tribe you are. I think it's mm. really, I think culture is a really important What's thing. What's the name of your tribe again, you said? Uh, so I'm a uh, enrolled member of Sack and Fox Nation. Say and it slow. <clears throat> the Sack and Fox Nation. Sack and Fox? Sack and Fox. Okay, so cool. Second Fox. It's Ambersand. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. SAC, Ambersand, Fox. Okay, cool. Um, and so I'm a I'm an enrolled member, Second Fox Nation, and then uh, I'm a descendant of the White Earth Band of Ojibwe, uh, which is wow. Minnesota Chippewa uh, from the northern part of Minnesota. So, wow. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. And so you had your mom's family was up from Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So wow. my my great grandfather was on the original allotment. I don't know how much you know about not at all tribal history. Tell, well, I literally oh. just watched we would um Killers of the Flower uh, Moon so like finished it. It's man. so tribal. Okay, I before you start oh, this, man. tribal history and like is so, so fascinating. fascinating to me because yeah. it's so it's beautiful. Not, it's beautiful and it's I feel like it's so like the closest thing to mother earth like in the culture in the because that's where it all starts yes and and it's it's cool how it's cool how people who are a part of tribes are so i feel like they're so grounded man you You know know, and it's just like a different way and just the culture that comes with it the colors the the ceremonies it's also beautiful so like it's always fascinated me but there's not enough information on it you're gonna love this okay okay so (laughs) the thing about Native American culture, um, that what you're saying and, and why it's so grounded is all due to harvest, okay. what you're able to create yeah. and what the creator is going to allow you and bless you with. Mm-hmm. So anything that you could sow, the hard work that comes with putting things into the ground, mm-hmm. there's a lot of humility in that. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you're going to go out and work every day mm-hmm. um, and, and, and you don't know what's going to happen. You got to do three months work. I mean, it's the cannabis industry. Yeah. You know, you got to yeah. you got to know that your quality, the elements, all yeah. of those things got to mm-hmm. line up. And so, when you're rooted in that, and you teach your kids that, you know, it's tough. And then that gets ripped away from you. Don't ah man, we yeah. can get deep into no, it. No, no, for know? sure. I, yeah. I, it's, it's. It's very, it's very fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's definitely a culture that I've not experienced that I would like to experience more, because I feel like it's not talked about enough. We also <laughs> just haven't had a lot of friends who I feel yeah. like have been Native American, Native, or yeah. or and if they are, they're not really tapped in. So right, I'll, tapped I, in. I'll, I'll plug right. So um, one thing you can do is go to the First Americans Museum mm-hmm. uh, downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's 10 bucks mm-hmm. and they take you on a journey of the allotments so that's what i was getting ready to say my grandfather you know back in the early 1900s uh you know uh was a lot they they just the government came in and took the land mm-hmm. it's the u.s government's now and then said we're going to allot you back your land through a governorship 
What? This yeah. makes so much sense to me after watching the movie I watched, <laughs> yeah. and you're like saying it all now. I'm like, that's what? exactly what I saw. So when you walk into Fam, what you'll see is this big wall that shows the dark spot. It's mm-hmm. very dark in this part of the museum because it's dark history. Yeah, but you gotta be, ta- you gotta understand. Right, yeah. it's important. Um, so yeah, it just talks about the, you know, it's the certificate of allotment. Mm-hmm. It's big right there. It kind of talks about all the bloodshed that happened and how they took the land from everybody. Right. Wow. Um, I would, if you don't know and you want to know. First American Museum, uh, dope, dope place. Go check it out. Okay. All right, Brand, it's on yeah. our list. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, that. thank you so much. Yeah, I, don't, I can't explain it right now. No, yeah. there's so no, much. It's good. Yeah, yeah, we can have so like a whole other yeah. podcast no, on no, it. Of course. <laughs> yeah, but what I was saying was, it's cool that it's like I feel like your life's come full circle to growing up native and True. now being so involved in the tribe and having cannabis surrounded by you as a child, and now it's surrounded by you as an adult so everything has come so full circle for that's you real. and that's so cool that's a real you know yeah. crazy I feel, I feel about i feel that way all the time yeah i just i that's think good. about my dad you know being a hustler in the in the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. and, uh you know uh and getting going to prison for the plant um a couple six times wow <laughs> yeah wow yeah uh, and uh and then now you know it's it's part of my yeah, it's, it's, off, it's crazy to think wow. that people like him were a part of such a movement to help pave the way in a That's way real. for us to yes. be able to do what we're doing. That's real because you have a lot more, you know, the advocates. Yeah, the yeah, one hundred percent. And you're not going to get arrested yeah. for That's marijuana real. here, like now, he but back, was back yeah. then. But back yeah. then, but I think you know, if you think about it on like a a sales and distribution level, yeah. right? There's a lot of people who were serviced <laughs> yes. who are now advocates because they were mm-hmm. consumers yeah. of the product. So now those same people help push the vote through and now we're sitting, you know. Yeah. You know. And that's why a chunk of the people mm-hmm. that came out and voted, I feel like we're all elderly. That's right. Yeah. All my right. patients I ever saw at the dispensary, even now, all elderly. That's right. It's like <clears throat> over 60% elderly people that's and then right. like the rest are like, 30s 40s and then it goes down to like 20s that's right and i mean it's the same reason why the rec vote didn't pass Mm -hmm. you know because of that same group yeah they vote and if they want something it'll happen in here Mm -hmm. in the state if they don't want anything it'll yeah 500,000 people came out yeah Yeah. out of the woodworks really (laughs) though and truly i I showed up to my church that's where it's like north of my house Uh, I think it was like 7.45 in the morning. And I asked, I said, what number am I? And they said, you're number 102. I was like, there's been 100 people vote already. Wow. I was like, this yeah. isn't going to go like, I yeah. thought I was getting here early and doing <laughs> yeah. a good job. People were making sure their voices were heard. They were like, uh, this is a no for First me. thing I'm a doing in the morning. Wow, that's no. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wakes up at 3 a.m. just yeah. to start getting ready yeah. to vote no. Yeah. At, this time, oh at that time, I was working with uh, Big Dog Cannabis, Toby Keith's brand. Um, he's since uh, now going off and, and better. He had cancer and uh he's going to doing shows but uh we have a meeting that that same day and he's like man what do you think about this uh Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Jade Pebworth over at the Me Law Group in Oklahoma focuses to provide you with a comprehensive approach and intelligent advice and representation focused on resolving problems rather than inflating them. She kills it with civil litigation, cannabis law, business planning, corporate law slash litigation, and family law. She enjoys working with companies from the ground up. Whether you need her to review and draft contracts for your company, assist in licensing applications, and more, the Me Law Group has your back. Now, let's get back to today's episode. 
about this boat. Like, Tobe, I don't think it's going to happen, dog. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't, you know. That's was, a hell no for me. Yeah, hell no for me, dog. Yeah. I just, what I've seen. That's yeah. cool. I can put the demographics mm-hmm. together. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so do you feel like being in the cannabis industry has evolved you and your skill set in a way that you may not have known? And 100. If, and if so, how? One million percent. Uh, Man, I've had to be more process oriented mm-hmm. and driven just as a professional mm-hmm. just as a you know because uh, around you is a lot of mediocre behavior and you have to be able to whittle through a lot of that and understand that there you know this is a business and there's uh, you know you got to build a brand and um, being a business person first uh and looking at things in a very process-driven way has always been fruitful. Mm-hmm. And not because of business and capital or anything like that, but the hard work that goes into producing a quality product, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, if you put your hands in the dirt and you make it happen every single day, uh, the fruit's going to come. And so that's been reiterated to me, fortified my mentality. You know, I've had people who have been able to provide for their families that have worked for me, who, you know, have lived their wildest dreams because they work hard. Yeah. And they just are, and they actualize themselves. You know, if you go out and you Actualize, toil, yeah, yeah, that's you, real. You go out and you toil mm-hmm. every day, um, or you put your hand into your purpose, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't work. And then fruit just happens, you know. Yeah. So that's been just more fortified because I joined the industry. That's I've been cool, able to Walter. Help, yeah. help a lot of people, you know, feel who, be who they really truly are. Yeah, you know? that's, that's cool because gift. that's, yeah, that's kind of, it's hard for people to do on their own if it's not, you know, we all have some innate ability inside of us. It's just like pulling it out and actualizing that's within right. ourselves, that's you know, right. and not everybody can do that. I'll tell, I'll tell you, the first step is is figure out what you like doing. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're getting the most reps at, that's what you should be doing. If you're doing video and you like to edit TikToks and all those kind of things, you need to upgrade your equipment and get after it. Yeah. Because your purpose is right on the other side yeah. of that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I love that. Thanks for saying that. I'm sure someone listening really appreciates yeah. that, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm Sometimes sitting right here. Be- <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. I mean, really, yeah. But it's no. good because, like, I... That's kind of been something that I've been like, what it, what, like, what do I like to do? What makes me That's happy? Real. And like, growing up, I've never really been encouraged to have hobbies. And so, even like finding hobbies, like I don't know what I would do as a hobby. Like so many people like. do so many things. <laughs> I that's the thing is I don't know what I like because yeah. I've always grown up with people telling me kind of what to like sure. and or I just was like, okay, like whatever, like I'll just do this. Or my parents don't want me to do that. Or we were also like foreign so my parents never really put me into any hobbies or anything so sports was like the only thing but I was like not a dedicated athlete Mm. so that's like that I mean that's something that I'm going through is figuring out what I like even career-wise to figure out what I want to do and actually pursue Mm. something you can like per money make money off of like you were saying but also be good at it and it be something that lights you up so Mm -hmm. you asked me who I am there's a whole nother side that coaching side right so I still have a I have a whole nother business uh where I train uh youth football players all the way through college oh cool right and we work out every Saturday and Sunday and it took me all of like 12 years 10 years to figure out how to monetize it how to build a brand around it but it's like what I 
it was so easy for me yeah. to do those things, mm-hmm. run a practice. Right, because that's who you are, like mm-hmm. what you were already naturally I, I spent doing. I 20 years, you know, my yeah. 10,000 hours in football is like yeah. toast. Yeah. So yeah. Really? once I was able to like understand and formulate a plan of how to monetize that, you know, it's an additional, you know, it, it yeah, it's good walking around money. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You know I mean? Absolutely. Like, I can, a little extra change. In I can then. take people to dinner. I can, you know, I, mean, I, I know can that's do, everything I, too. I, yeah. It's a little things. I mean, mm-hmm. that's Play awesome. golf when I want to. Yeah. Yep. And who knows what happens in the next ten years where that's that's all you're doing. You know. You and, know? and that's the evolution. Like you, but but really, I don't think I'm ever gonna be just doing one thing. Of course, like of the, course the, not. The brand that I'm like the act. You asked that question. How does how did this industry? Man, I've actually. I, I've really actualized that <clears throat> who I am and what I'm capable of and how people, how I make people feel is almost like a superpower. Mm-hmm. And it so is. if I'm just me and that value is created through connection, then people will pay me to introduce them to people. Mm-hmm. And will. again, that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, I figured out a lot in four years. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've grown a lot. Um, I've suffered. A, man, there's so many trials uh, and bumps figuring it out. But perseverance is part of being a champion. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I bet yeah. you're a great coach, too. Oh, man, yeah. thank you. I, I, can, yeah. I, can, I can see, see it that. here. Yeah. For sure. So tell us a little bit about Golden Trends and what you guys do there. Golden Trends, back to back to back. Cowboy Cup, first place buckles, hey, CO2 yeah. distillate. Hey. Uh, that's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. That's all I'll say. Uh, you know, it's it's very fortunate of, uh, to be involved with Golden Trends. Um, very good company, very good company culture. Mm-hmm. Um, good leadership. Um, the, uh, you know, the oil speaks for itself. It's triple filtered. Um we have a golden 10 process to put out some of the best, uh, you know, cleanest distillate um, that when you add botanical terps, cannabis terps um, back to it, it's almost like a canvas. You just paint them on there. The flavor's great every time. That's cool. And, uh, you know, it speaks for itself. Um, we also have a couple lines. We do edibles and a, another a vape line that, <clears throat> excuse me, that, uh, you know, it's our first run of distillate, and then we put that in a, a pin so the cost is mm-hmm. lower, right? Um, but, yeah, we, we white-label sailboat distillate. Nice. Um, I think there's 22 or so employees uh, there in Norman, and so uh, got a sales team. I, I'm the director of sales. Nice. Um, got a sales team of four. Okay. Um, a, a it's dry. a nice small knit team. Yeah. Oh, great, man. Shout out to the team. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. these these guys, um, we've got two in Oklahoma City, uh, Tierra and Trey, and uh, and then we've got one in, in Tulsa, Clay. And uh, they do a, such a great job making sure that our 510 thread stays top. That's right. Good for them. When you think about <laughs> the market and where yeah. the market's at in that space, yeah. to be the best 510 thread is it was kind of dangerous because everybody was jumping ship for a while. Mm-hmm. And so there's still a market for it. Um, we do have some product innovations coming in Q1, Q2. But, okay. Um, yeah, it's it's a cool spot, man. Um, I'm very I'm very honored and blessed to be where I'm at. So. How That's long cool. have you been with them? Uh, well, it's just the latter part of this year. Okay, um, cool. So we've, 
we got uh, linked up uh, through uh, Green, what is it, Green Mile uh, Recruiting. Uh, okay. shout, out, shout out to uh, those guys over there. They did a great job nice. of, of okay. Good connecting to know. the dots. Um, you guys should, I'll, I'll make that connection for you cool. guys. She Thank would you. love, she needs to be on this. Um, she's very cool, uh, did a great job, very professional, um, you know, and made me feel comfortable enough to, to, to make a switch. So, yeah, you know, that's cool. good. That's yeah. good feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you guys seed to table? No. So we, we, uh, take in product, uh, raw material from a, bu- a number of different outdoor farms. Um, we have indoor farm, uh, partners. Uh, we've got some things in the works with some really nice vertically, well, semi-vertically integrated, uh, you know, uh, retail and grow partners. Okay. So, yeah. um, you know, we, we have to stay after the chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you have any, if you have any, uh, raw material and, yeah. you know, you need mm-hmm. a spot for it, let's talk. Yeah, nice. for sure. I'm always on the hunt. For sure. So is there like a quality control process that you guys go through Absolutely. when you're dealing with? And is there like, what's the... I guess what's what's y'all standard for like what's allowed and like what no pesticides ever. Yeah. So uh I know some things can be remediated. Um you know, but we don't want uh we can't have the uh the red triangle follow our product. Yeah. Um, it's just not something that we're we want to do. Mhm. And uh so that's the first thing. Second yeah. thing is, is anytime we go and we have a potential um, partnership on the line, we're going to take uh, our own test samples from each strain. Cool. So we're going to go on site. We're going to um, ask that you quarantine your own product. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll put our own seals and <clears throat> and tags on the bags that we pull from. Yeah. Uh, so that way we know it's not been tampered with. For sure. And, and then we'll take our sample to our lab, mm-hmm. run it, pay for it, make sure that the stuff is clean, commence the deal. And mm-hmm. take the product um, and, and get to running. So we got three, you know, the, the equipment we have is about $3 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so we pump out, cool. I mean, just. That's tight. And you guys come see it. You yeah, we'd love it. to yeah, see yeah, it. Sounds like it'd be a yeah. cool little facility. tour. Yeah. It's cool. But no, we're not seed to table, but we do have full extraction capabilities and then we have a full uh, kitchen. Do you guys think you'll ever do seed to table? We have the licenses. Well, I that this kind of I feel like with even what you're saying, I just kind of figured that's why I asked that question. I feel like I could see you guys doing that in the future. Just even it makes it, based it, on what you're doing. Here's here's what I'll tell you. My my opinion. I would have never joined with Golden Trends if I would have never met and realized who was in the leadership positions. Yeah. Because you cannot. My opinion. Me, Walter, you cannot <laughs> succeed as a processor without having direct line to raw material. You are dead on the vine. Mm -hmm. And so it takes a special group of people Mm -hmm. to have built relationships, have a production schedule, have an understanding of what it takes to the the inputs for the throughputs. A special group. A special group Mm -hmm. um, because you don't, you cannot run out, especially when you're winning rewards. Yeah. So uh, it's just, it, it, I, I walked into the situation during the process and was like blown away by who <clears throat> the leadership was. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I, I've been around enough to yeah, know what I'm looking have. at. So I was like, I, I know I can see how it works. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know? And so, yeah, no, see the table is, is definitely, you know, we've got to have a good year. Mm-hmm. If we have a good Q1, Q2, We'll be putting some stuff in the ground for sure. That's exciting. Yeah. So you're also involved in cannabis banking, right? Oh man. Tell us a little bit about that and what even made you want to step into that world? Because oh, that's a whole nother shout out to Delene Gilbert. She's the uh I 
think she's the VP of cannabis banking at Prism Bank. Okay. That's my girl. She, uh, her and Chance, her husband, um, they own uh, Oklahoma Roots in Shawnee. I've known Chance for a long time. Okay. Um, so back when I was getting ready to make a switch, uh, we had had a conversation about just relationships, um, you know, making introductions they have a really nice portfolio of companies and brands uh who bank with them Mm -hmm. um they are ultra compliant as far as their technology to make sure that uh you know the licensees are getting updates and alerts as to how to you know get their um, renewal processes in line um when things are out of you know their coo whatever it is Mm -hmm. uh the the back-end system ensures that they are uh compliant okay Mm -hmm. And then the banking standards are really, really high. So um, when I looked at who I am and, and what the, the industry uh, is moving towards, um, I needed something legitimizing uh, as, a, as a backbone to what the brand was. Mm-hmm. And so to me, um, banking is one of those things that when that shoe drops federally, uh, the banks are going to be at the center of everything yeah. because then they'll yeah. be able to lend. Uh, they'll be able to, um, you know, instantaneously be able to cash flow your business with credit lines because you have access. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, I just wanted to maximize my relationships in the cannabis industry that way. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's uninterrupted. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not competing with anybody. It's simply me being me and introducing, right. yeah. you know, to, to the bank. Now, as far as Prison Bank, the best bank uh, on the game, uh, just because of the compliance nature. Fees are equitable. Um, the team, the inside team, what processes everything, top notch. So it just made a, it awesome. made a, it made a lot of sense. Okay, yeah. so, good to know. Yep. Okay, let's pause for a minute and talk about Oklahoma's grassroots cannabis publication, Herbage Magazine. They are in over 500 dispensaries statewide, providing cannabis education and supporting and highlighting the local communities. For more information, visit HerbageMag.com. That's H-E-R-B-A-G-E-M-A-G.com. So for somebody listening who maybe owns a cannabis business, do you have like a tip or a word of advice that you'd like to pass along that maybe they should know that Mm. you've seen people don't know when it comes to banking with cannabis because i know there's very specific and tight rules with that (laughs) and uh like even if you know you deposit more than your metrics made this month like where is that extra money coming from and you have to be able to show those receipts so like what you know like what's what's a piece of advice that you would give so be be transparent I mean, that's that's all I can say. I know that's... What a wholesome thing. You know, I mean, I, really. I, I mean, be transparent. Yeah. Uh, you, know, it, it, you know, the best way to build a good relationship with the bank is to make sure that... <clears throat> and, and one thing Prism does is, is help with payroll. So if you're doing enough volume mm-hmm. um, and you got payroll issues, we yeah. can make sure that your payroll is always funded. So, like, uh, most banks don't get into this, but I know, you know, this is part of the sauce. So uh, it just... If you, you know, let's say your payroll is $15,000 every two weeks and you're on net terms with your biggest clients and that cash don't come in mm-hmm. okay. and you got checks to cut. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, PRISM can help you fund that 
okay. you know, yeah. and get you by. Okay. That way you don't miss a beat and your employees right. and your ship keeps running. That's nice. Stuff that's like important. that. I feel like that's really helpful for small businesses, especially because, like, it's it really is crazy how fast OMA renewals come up every year that's and, like, those fees, and it's $2,500 every time. and. Between that and then your like yearly state fees you that gotta come be liquid. up, and then your health health department fees, you have like, to be liquid. It's yeah, it's you have to have constant cash flow. If you don't have mm-hmm. at least like ten to twenty thousand dollars, even just for bills, like you, it's it's hard it's to tight. survive. It's, it's very tight. tight, and that's and that's kind of one of the things that you know my understanding of small business. That's why I got into the banking side because when I start talking to people and they're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, we do this," I'm like, "Man, what's your banking situation like?" Oh no, we just we're operating all cash. You know, I got a yeah. safe. What man? You okay, gotta come yeah. on, dude. Like you gotta get <laughs> yeah. you gotta get ready. So, yeah, it's it's uh to your point. Um, yeah, it's a cash heavy business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta have cash flow. And if you're a manufacturer, sometimes that cash flow is long. That long. cycle's long. Yeah, very. So. so besides like the transparent part, what do you think like people are missing whenever it comes to like banking with the cannabis brand? Mm. Man, that's a very good question. I think just the opportunities of working inside a bank and how it can help you build other revenues, right? Like okay. you could, you could, you know, uh, you could put an ATM in your spot, mm-hmm. and you can rev share off yeah. of that ATM. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. with our bank, mm-hmm. um, this is news. I'll go ahead and drop this. With our bank, uh, we can pick your cash up with Brinks trucks. Oh, oh wow. Really? Okay. Okay. That's a big deal. Big deal. Because. Big deal. Then you don't have to. I mean, people are being targeted right and left because this is such a money lucrative, obviously, business. That's and right. so to have that is a big thing because you know your shit's guarded and protected at all Every times. Every time. Shows and up. you don't have to worry about showing up yeah. with it at all. At, ever at ever. all. Yeah, it comes with a, a pretty nice fee because it, it was a big deal. Deline, again, Deline's a monster in this industry. So she struck mm-hmm. that deal with Brinks. That's awesome. And, That's uh, awesome. And so, yeah. It's a move. You, yeah. Go, go pick that stuff up. And, and you know, and then it, it, think about operationally, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's say you're a manufacturer and you're out in the sticks and the closest bank to you is an hour and a half drive. Right. And you commit three hours every Monday to go drop off cash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of that, you know, if you got those three hours back and you're the guy running the bills and you're signing checks, how much more equitable is those three hours going to be than that mm. three-hour drive drop, drop it off cash yeah that's yeah. i mean and and so you know it's a it's a it's a very big place so yeah. that's that's one thing the atms mm-hmm. payroll i mean yeah, there's a lot i mean there's I there's something you. you know and you just yeah. don't know the headaches that are being caused by those administrative tasks mm-hmm. on your finance side yeah, so sure. if if you can have a partner who can help alleviate even even if you're if you're a high impact individual and ten hours a week getting back is dynamic for you, mm-hmm. then yeah, come on, yeah, come back, yeah. like get your banking right because and find a great banking partner that can help you with all those administrative tasks. You know yeah. I mean? So speaking cool. of banking partners, um, is the cannabis and in banking industry here <laughs> saturized? Like, are there a lot of people who specialize on this? Because I know at the beginning there wasn't a ton of people, but w- and I honestly don't like. Valiant's been one of the big ones, you yeah. know, since kind of the beginning. Yeah, and they're Monica's they're great. one of the mainstream people who do cannabis banking. So that's really the only one that I'm familiar with up until now. So yeah. like is it it's pretty competitive. Is there more okay. people out there yeah. or is it pretty tight knit um, in regards to who gosh, do it? I can name a bunch of competitors. We Street, Regent, First Fidelity. Okay. You know, Valiance is yeah. in there. Um a couple credit unions, mm-hmm. uh Sevens Bank, 
you know, there's a bunch. Yeah, that's there's cool. I remember when Slav and I were first trying to find something for our like LLC. It was hard. Yeah. And we had to like switch up our name yeah. to like make a bank be like Greenlight. See, that's yeah. another thing too. So yeah. you know, we we're not we're not discriminatory. You know, oh, and and the payroll deal. So, uh, back. Uh, Man, she had me thinking. So much. (laughs) One thing about it is, is like your employees, right? So if your employees need bank accounts and your employees are banking with Arvis, well, Mm -hmm. Arvis is pretty cool because that's been my bank for a long time and they don't have any problems with it. But like, let's say you're with another bank and they see that that your checks, your direct deposits are coming from a cannabis business. Mm -hmm. They'll shut that employee's account down. Oh, wow. And they won't be able to get, you know, they won't be able to accept money you're taking because they're accepting money from a cannabis business. So um, mm. if you get to a, a banking partner, then they can set up all those accounts for free. Yeah. Like, we, that's what we'll do. We'll set up all your employees' accounts for uh, that's free cool. checking. That's a yeah. big deal. Yeah. That's super helpful yeah. for employees, I feel like. That's right. You know? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice that it's nice that it's so, like, I feel like it's a pretty personal banking experience, personable because even if you take care of the employees like that, then, like, me as an employee, I would be more willing to be, like, you know, in the future if I needed, like, loans or, you know, whatever. Right. You've built that relationship so it's not so overwhelming going into, like, Chase to be like, hey, I need a – because it's not – I don't know my banker at Chase. Would you help me get a car? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's part of it. I mean, all those things are accessible because they'll be able to see your cash flow in your account. Right. So if they can, if if you go to your bank, I mean, gosh, we're getting so granular with the banking. <laughs> yeah, so, so if you're if you're an individual and you got a banking account with uh, a cannabis bank and you go in there and they've seen that you've made X amount of dollars every year, that loan process to get qualified for vehicles is going to be a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah, like you've had just, a relationship built yeah. before. And they don't have to check your stuff. Like mm-hmm. your credit's always yeah. on file with them. So mm-hmm. it just makes it you know more equitable for everybody in your yeah. organization. So, That's cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing Good all that knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's something about being in the cannabis industry here in Oklahoma that you've really enjoyed? Man, the people. Yeah. <laughs> always the people. Yeah, always 100%, the people. One hundred percent, man. I've I've met so many good good people who care about other people, who are very thoughtful, um, who are just just genuinely down-home great folks, yeah, man. Yeah, you're right. And, uh, and it makes me feel good, and, and that's part of my sales you know, pitch when I go into places is we're wanting to help them maximize their business. We want them help help them make their money. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to just take their money. Mm-hmm. Right. You can make money with our products, you know, and those people, they appreciate that approach, you know, because – not everybody's there to help them, right. yeah. you know, and they, especially now with, you know, legislation and licensing, all mm-hmm. those things changing, people are shutting their doors, but the relationships matter. And if you can help people out, yeah, um, they are very grateful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I found myself on the other end of a lot of conversations That's like cool. that. So yeah. the hear. people are awesome. Neat. Yeah, so we that, would agree. Yeah. Shout out to the good people of Oklahoma. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> that is very real. So, Walter, we like to ask everyone this question, but what is the stigma surrounding cannabis you would like to see changed? I wish um, it was more accepted in athletics than it is Mm -hmm. Uh, just because for a long time growing up, you know, um, I was I was watching King Griffey Jr. and Barry Bonds and Michael Jordan and all those guys. And none of them, you know, I can't imagine who they would be or how much better they would be if they were. I mean, they probably were. Who knows? Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't as open. So I think if you had people who have a platform already um, and they were able to speak about it 
You're right. About how it helps them. Yeah. Helps them be their best More self. accepted it would be. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. they have the greatest platform. They do. Um, mm-hmm. Them and, and musicians and actors. Yes. But, like, yeah. you know, that that's a whole nother side. Right. But, like, I think through athletics, because you can see – can visually see and it's tangible the hard work and what they put in so it can't be true that you can't you can smoke cannabis or consume cannabis and mm-hmm. and not be a great athlete yeah but that that myth's busted right so right if those people were able to speak on it yes um, shikari richardson of the world who say bolts all up and down i think it would be a lot more impactful i think so too I agree yeah. yeah and it would help people those athletes so much like yeah. if you where be, if it was, you know, normalized and legalized whenever you were playing ball, you know? Oh, man, like, I, I don't know what I'd probably, man, I'd probably study better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel probably, like that's a same. lot. I think so, too. Yeah, I've yeah. probably been a better student. Yeah. Or I just mean, to have the, I mean, and, you know, there, I don't know, there might have been athletes who did blow down after a game and just try to, you, know, were. <laughs> you know, get their drug test yeah. right for the next time. But, like, you don't uh, blame them because you're, like, they're just trying to relax man, their bodies. I see, but, that, but that, at that point, I didn't know that that's what that was. Yeah. Like, it was I just, thought, like, a party thing. Yeah, I yeah. it was, like, to yeah. just get lit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so. I get, but, like, I get it. It was kind of a get let's get lit thing. But if <laughs> yeah. you, like, think about it, it's, like, Oh, now? It, it, like, makes you, like, relax, like, kind of, like, yeah. brings you down. Yeah. Even as, like, yeah. a college student doing mm-hmm. that, like, you, you're you you're chasing that feeling of, like, the aftermath of, like, feeling good That's from, right. like, being so stressed yeah. and, like, physically, like, mobile during a game. That's right. And, like, yeah, getting your real. skull smashed. That's real. I probably would have partied a lot, like, you know, with more people. I, I Man, we were so beat. You know, the schedule was what it was. It mm-hmm. was... 5 a.m. weights, 8 a.m. class, oh, 1 o'clock. That's meet. such a crazy schedule. Yeah. Three, three practice. I always yeah. like any, all those athletes who do that. It's just I have a special place for them to see I that. Appreciate like, that. It I appreciate is, that. that is that's some, not normally the case. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, but that's that's rough for like any, and I know you're yeah. building discipline in, you know, kids while you're doing mm-hmm. that, but it's like, it's, it's a rough. lot. It's a yeah, lot. It's a lot. It's you know? good though. Yeah. It's good. It's good though. It's, it's definitely good. It's but on the right path. Yes. Yeah. It's not yeah. for everybody. It's so yeah. it's cool when people show up and they it was do right that for over me. and over. I needed it. I yeah. Needed yeah. It. I had to have it. No. I yeah. That's it. cool. Well, I think this wraps up today's episode, Walter. Awesome. Thank, Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate that feedback. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And to those of you that want to keep up with Walter and all things he's doing check him out on his instagram cannabis underscore banking underscore plug thank you to everyone who tuned in to today's episode we love you guys stay tuned for next week and as always brand stay medicated thanks for listening to today's show To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.